For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe in Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network where we believe in the Detroit Lions. And by the end of this episode, so will you. I am so excited today. This is usually my draft show, my favorite show of the week where I jump on here and talk NFL draft. It's less than three weeks away. I'm super excited today because I have a guest on, my guest, Ryan Dirude. He is the founder, the CEO. He's a professional writer, a professional podcaster for LA Football Network, the LAFB. Ryan, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm ready to talk some lines and all other types of NFL draft stuff. How are you today? What's up, Derek? I'm doing great. Excited to be uh, with you talking football. The draft is one of my favorites too, so couldn't be couldn't be more excited. So thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on uh, all my other podcasts. We don't even mess around. We jump right into football. So, Ryan, I know you got L.A. and that whole state of California on lockdown when it comes to the, all the professional and college sports, as well as the XFL. But today, I want to talk to you, first off, about the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers picking at number six. There's been plenty of trade partners for the Detroit Lions um, we've got the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Panthers, possibly the Raiders, uh, lots of teams there that might want to come up and uh, make a trade with our Lions so we can bump out of three and get another player. W- what's it going to take for me as the Detroit Lions GM to trade with you uh, right now? I'm making you the LA Chargers GM to move down a few, let you go up and maybe get that quarterback and let me uh, slide down a few, pick up some picks um, in, in this upcoming draft. Well, yeah, the, the Lions are in such an interesting situation because they're sitting in a great spot for them to move back and be able to, you know, allocate more picks and, and grab uh, two high-end players just by moving down if they did with the Chargers, three spots to six. Um, and the Chargers, obviously, you know, there's a lot of talk as of late that Tua might be their guy. Obviously, they shirt up the right side of the offensive line in trading for Trey Turner and signing uh, Brian Balaga out of uh, Green Bay. And uh, two obviously being left-handed, that could just be purely speculation. But the right side of the line is looking really strong, so you would think it makes sense to get a left-handed quarterback. And you know them sitting at six, don't know if they if Tua would fall to him there, fall to them there. Um, but you know you're starting to hear too, Miami might even be interested in in Justin Herbert more, and Tua could fall to six. So it's really just an interesting scenario. And obviously this is all you know for fun and speculation, and especially with no sports going on right now it's fun to kind of just talk about it and and see different scenarios but you know if a trade kind of go into your question actually were to you know materialize i I assume the the lions would be looking for at least two first rounders would be my guess um they could maybe get you know the tom telesco and the chargers could maybe offer like their sixth and then two threes or two twos if they maybe didn't have to give a 2021 first but i would assume 
to move up those three spots, it would take two first to at least get up there. And uh, I mean, I would obviously be great for uh, the Lions, but it just depends if they want to get more picks for this year's draft or they're willing to wait for a first for next year's draft, which if you're getting a first, obviously, I think that would be worth it. But um, the other little caveat, Derek, that is something to think about is Washington sitting at two. Who knows what they're going to do? Because now you're hearing that they're not totally sold on Dwayne Haskins. And obviously they brought in Kyle Allen, who's obviously just going to be there as a backup. But uh, do they go quarterback at two? And then the trade to three would be moot if two has gone at two. So it's it's really interesting. But I, I think uh, to really just answer your question, I think it would take at least two ones, maybe uh, just their six and the two threes or two twos. But we'll see. Right. I, I'm with you on all that. I as the Detroit Lions GM, I'm totally fine if the Washington Redskins go ahead and take Tua or uh, make another selection because I will probably run the card to the podium for Chase Young. The Lions yeah. have not addressed uh, defensive end or pass rusher at all. We've got Trey Flowers, Deshaun Hand, and Romeo Quara, and that's about it. So that that's an easy pick for me. Now, when you're talking about the Chargers, I mean – if, if I'm the GM, I, I'm not holding out. I'm only moving down uh, basically two picks before I'd be back up again. So I, I don't necessarily need a former another future first rounder. I mean, I'm loving that pick at 37. Uh, you know, the Lions have quite a few other picks in this draft. So like you said, possibly that pick and, 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 a, and a top three rounder in the future. Or, you know, I'm a big proponent of the draft. Like where you make your money is out basically rounds two to four. That seems to be where not only the really good player value is, but the contract is super low, controllable, all that type of stuff. So I definitely think we could make a deal. Now, my question back to you, you, you hit on a lot of great points and you went around it. But if, if you're the GM of that team, are you are you jumping up to get a Tua Tungavailoa or are you kind of just hanging pat and waiting and just saying, well, we'll see what's here because you think you can get Herbert just by sitting there. You think that you'll, if you don't get any of them, no big deal. Well, then we'll just go sign Cam Newton. Where are you at? Because that's kind of how the negotiation would play. I think I would tell the Chargers, hey, I'm open. Let's figure out what we can make work if you wanted to jump up. Because if you don't jump up, you're probably going to lose your guy to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. It, can can really we make a deal? To, yeah. And it really comes down to how you who you evaluate as your guy. I mean, if I'm the GM, I am at this point from the film I've watched leaning towards uh, a Tua as the the future, as the franchise guy. He would move the needle out here in LA. LA. He would sell tickets. Uh, just from day one, as soon as he's drafted, it would just raise the needle here for the Chargers. But if we're talking Tom Telesco, who has a history of not moving picks whatsoever, basically the picks he gets is the picks he keeps. Uh, it'll be really shocking to me if he does actually trade up. He's a guy that just, you know, stands pat and sits and, and whatever falls to him, he takes. And obviously it's worked out great with guys like Derwin James who fell away to, to 17 for him. And, and that was a guy they had early on their board, but they didn't have to move up to get him. So personally, I think he's just going to stand pat at six. But uh, if it's me and if, if I've circled that guy as my guy, kind of that that Vontae Mack from the, the draft uh, day movie with Kevin Costner, <laughs> Uh, you do whatever you can to get him, and I think they would need to move up. But at this point, I think Tom Telesco stays pat. Yeah. All right, interesting. I, I, you know, best case scenario for the Lions here in Detroit, I think, is uh, trade down. Uh, as a Chase Young, first and foremost, if not, uh, I really need them to trade down because it's kind of my worst nightmares that they just sit there. And not that I mind Jeff Okuda as a player or I'm a big mm -hmm. Isaiah Simmons guy, 
but I think, you know, sitting there at three and doing that is just not playing the draft board as best you can. So really curious to see what Bob Quinn does. Uh, let's go ahead and keep it moving here, Brian. Um, I'm curious. You got a few names. I, I, I'm talking like top prospects you like. Like I just said, like Isaiah Simmons is my guy. The whole state of Detroit loves uh, Okuda. People are kind of split on Chase Young. People want to say, oh, I'm not sure about him because those last few college games he had. I mean, I think he's a no doubt stud just from day mm-hmm. one. Um, what are some other top prospects that you really like that might come either in that first round or two that you have circled as like, Hey, these are my guys. Yeah. I mean, obviously those three are the, are the big ones that you mentioned, especially with needs um, for the lions. And uh, you know, I'm curious before I go to my list, obviously you guys lost Kennard, I think was in my opinion, a huge loss. I loved Kennard, what he he did for you guys in the, in the pass rushing game. So um, obviously you want to fill that void in a chase young, if he were to fall would be, a slam dunk but you know you look at other positions in need where you have in the interior i think and uh derrick brown out of auburn is a good name to look at um big guy some people have him mocked to the lions at three i think that might be a little bit of a reach but if they are able to trade down and get a guy like derrick brown at you know say they trade with the panthers and move back a few spots i think he'd be available there and that'd be a good pick for him as well um and also javon kinlaw who obviously has kind of skyrocketed up boards out of south carolina for his you know um senior bowl uh, debut and kind of what he's been able to do in drills and, and at the combine. So he's another, I think, good fit in the interior. And then when you look at corner, obviously you guys lost, you know, Darius Slay, who well, not lost, you traded Darius Slay, but obviously that's a position of need. You mentioned Okuda, but guys that they would be able to get later that I think would be our good names that I have on my board, uh, CJ, you know, Anderson out of Florida. And then you also have, or Henderson, excuse me. And then a uh, Christian Fulton out of LSU, two kind of big uh, man coverage guys that I think could come in and, and play day one. Uh, if they were to take that position in the first round. Again, you probably don't want to take those guys at three, but if they're able to trade back, I look at those those two positions and those kind of four guys as, as good fits for, for your lines, from my opinion. Yeah, yeah, lots of great stuff, Ryan. You kind of ran down a lot of my board because, like you said, I sort of have it set up where those – I'm guaranteed those top few if I don't make uh, – if I don't make a deal, so, you know, if Chase Young isn't there and as way my top few go is uh, Simmons, Okuda after that, I also still have Tunga Vailoa as well as even Joe Burrow on my tentative board because if they were to fall, I, I'm one of the few Detroiters who's at least willing to consider it. I, I'm definitely a guy in the draft that thinks quarterback is king and Matt Stafford's been here forever. He's a good player, but he also hasn't won at a high level. Some of that is because of the team around him. I think some of it might be that, you know, when the lights are brightest, you know, or people, do they follow him at the highest level? Like they might do a Tua or a, or a Joe Burrow type. And then after that, like you said, uh, I have Derek Brown there. I like his game. I just don't know where I like him in regards to selecting him in that top seven to 10, like you said, would be ideal. I'm also a big fan of the tackles. I mean, Makai Becton to me is a ridiculous special player just because he's 350 plus pounds and can move uh, move people and move himself. And uh, Kinlaw, there's a lot of people here that are really liking him, thinking that he could be the sneaky Lions pick, move down or not. I think that, you know, if you move down to uh, the teens, I'm, I'm all about Javon Kinlaw. And then Tristan Wirfs is also a tackle for uh, Iowa that I've been – you know, touting that the Lions have some issues at tackle as well with guys that are either 
gone, not good enough, or coming up on their contract that you're unsure if they want to pay. So, um, but yeah, I like the corners you brought up. Uh, you know, I thought the Slay move was decent because they saved about 11 million bucks this year, as well as are not paying a 30 plus year old corner, you know, $18 million a year moving forward. And they got two draft assets as well. And, uh, but it's definitely something where I'd like to plug another guy in there that has top talent as well as let some of their young talent maybe come up. You know, we drafted, um, the kid out of Penn state, uh, last year who I think still has a lot of promise. So lot, lots of options there at the top, uh, good stuff from you. I'm, this is my next question, Ryan. I'm really curious about where you sit on running back because my beef with the Detroit lions has been these guys we haven't been able to run the football since number 20 retired. You know, since Barry walked off the football field, the Detroit Lions are always at the bottom five in the NFL in regards to running the football. They brought in all types of players in the second, third, fifth round, whatever it may be. They still can't run it. They can't get fourth and shorts. They can't move sticks. They can't score touchdowns in tight. We're always throwing the football. So I want to put this to bed. You know, they went and got on Johnson a couple years, years ago. He's a guy I like. They have a, a mismatch of Bo Scarborough. Um, you know, Ty Johnson's a guy they took who looks great in his jersey, but he didn't make any plays really as a rookie. Where do you sit on running backs? Do, do you value them? Do, are you one of the guys that thinks you can just pluck anybody after round four or five and they're going to somehow be good? I mean, lots of people have lots of different opinions on running backs, where you take them, what you pay them, how impactful they are. Where do you sit on all that? Yeah, so probably to your dismay, Derek, I'm one of the guys that I, I think you can, not every time, but you can plug in. Um, specific running, just, you know, plug in different guys. There's so much talent at the position all over, you know, the draft, all over free agency, guys that are still not signed uh, that you can bring in. But it, it kind of depends, too, what position you are going. You know, if you're taking a elite game-changing running back like a Saquon Barkley, like a Christian McCaffrey, then, yes, that's a guy I think that you can value in the, you know, the top half of the first round and make a move on that. But those are so few and far between. I mean, we've seen – just this free agency with Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, who were both taken in the top 10 just, you know, four years ago or what, what, whatever it was. And now they're both on different teams because their value kind of fell off and they, they want to, they don't want to pay the big money or they, you know, the ramp did pay the big money and kind of bit the bullet on it. Um, but I think you can get so much value from a running back in the mid rounds, as long as it's a good scheme fit and you can get a lot out of them in those early years. And then just kind of keep that, that plug and play mentality. You know, I like, you mentioned carry on Johnson. I think he's great. If he's on the field, he's had some injury stuff. Um, but if you're able to pair him with another guy in these mid rounds, I look at guys like Zach Moss out of Utah, who I love, you could probably get him in the fourth or fifth round, you know, Benjamin out of ASU, Arizona state. That is that they could get in the late rounds and he's kind of a smaller fast guy that they could get out of the backfield. that runs a kind of different game than carry on. So, so me personally, it's probably not what you want to hear from what you just said. You want to go and just get a, a lockdown, you know, superstar running back like you had with Barry Sanders over a decade ago. But I personally just think it's more of scheme, more how the offense runs. If you're, if you're going to commit to the run and then just get a guy that's, you know, a workhorse and you can plug and play from there. So I, I like getting value for running backs later in the draft instead of using early picks on one. Yeah. Uh, appreciate that. I'm actually, I mean, I'm actually more on your side than anything, to be honest. Like I, the way I touted it is because it gets frustrating here, you know, uh, continuing not be able to find that or not have the offensive line that can push people around. I'd love to have a big, nasty football team. Uh, I know it's a passing league now, but there's something about that physicalness about being able to run the football. So my counter argument is just that 
everybody acts like it's so easy. Like I, the names you mentioned, I mean, Zach Moss is probably top of my list of a guy I want to get, but then you're playing that game of, can you really wait it out and get a guy like that? Or are you going to miss out and then you're stuck again? Or, you know, you mentioned, you know, Benjamin, he's a guy that's been falling down the draft board based on his testing and a lot of different other factors. Like to me, he's not a guy that is really on my radar, but you're looking at, okay, in round two, if you want to, you know, just take that second round pick 35th overall and try to solve this. You got people here in Detroit that are like, you know, take Jonathan Taylor. Oh, JK Dobbins would be incredible. Clyde Edwards and Lair obviously can catch the football and has a lot of leadership and a lot of good uh, qualities. So yeah, you could go that route, but I'm much more wanting to keep that pick and, and, and take another position, you know, on defense preferably and, and wait it out. As you said, I mean, round three, you're looking at my guy, Cam Akers. This is a guy that I've been high on for a long time. He continues to come up the draft board based off the combine. So again, you can wait it out, but what if you miss out on that type of guy and you're going to be in trouble? Uh, McFarland is the guy I had sort of in that fourth round range out of Maryland. That's a kid I like. I think he's got some juice to him. And if you really want to do what you said and which I kind of agree with, let's play the long game. Let's go ahead and fill all these other needs and wait it out on running back. You know, my guys in round five or later, if you want to take that chance and if they're there, if they make it that far is AJ Dillon out of uh, Boston college. This guy's a huge monster. I want to say he's like 230 plus pounds, you know, ran a crazy 40, just size, speed, ability. You got Gibson, who's, I think he's the kid out of Memphis who actually tested with the receivers, but he's got a lot of physical ability. And then here's my guy, Ryan, which I want him to wait on. I had somebody told me about this guy, and then I went and watched him and figured it out. Sio Olanalua out of TCU. This guy, like, is a brick house and is an absolute size beast. He reminds me of a bigger carry-on. Um but my problem is some of those guys I mentioned, like the Lions right now have all these big running backs, just big bodies, and they're not fast. They don't necessarily catch the football that well. So I, I'm I'm hesitant to add another similar player, or can I get a guy that that is that, you know, third down back with some juice that can, can take the ball 50 yards and score a touchdown? So I don't know. I, I'm more with you than anything on, on wanting to wait, but I think it's a dangerous game. You know, people just think you roll out of bed and find running backs late. And I don't think that's the case if you really broke down and did the uh, analysis of it. I think, like you said, those top studs come with a top asset that you use. And then, you know, from time to time or probably what, 30, 40 percent, I would say, of the later picks are the guys that work out that everybody remembers. The other guys yeah. all wash out and then are, are not worth it. Yeah. And you have to, you know, it- coming from a lion's perspective too i can understand the you know the uh annoyance or the uh the disappointment with what the running game has been because when you look at some teams it, they do literally just pluck anyone out and it seems to work i know the broncos have had a lot of success with running backs obviously right. philip Lindsay getting him undrafted you look at you know a lot of different teams that have just been able to plug in anyone but sometimes maybe you do need to change your philosophy and say you know what we haven't had a top flight running game let alone running back. Maybe we just solve that. We go all in on one of the top names and, and go from there. So, you know, it's it's tough to digest, but I, I still am under the, in my opinion, just to kind of wait and see who falls me and, and hopefully they can plug into my scheme. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what they do. I think it's really curious because, um, you know, there, there, there's been a lot of talk about, they love Jonathan Taylor. Will they take him? Will he make it to that top second round? I, I wouldn't hate it to be honest, but I also, you know, uh, like the approach you're, you're considering as well as, you know, I know there's people here in the city that 
and fall on either side of the fence. You know, people just want a top pick and, and other people just totally want to wait. So I think it's a really crucial part of the draft. We'll see what Bob Quinn and his group decides to do. Um, Ryan, I can't, uh, I may be throwing you a curveball here, but I'm curious. The, the other position the Lions need is a corner. Let's say they miss out on Jeff Okuda at the top of the draft. And here we are in round two, top of that round. I'll give you a few names of, of guys I like that, um, as much as I love Jeff Okuda as a player and feel like he already seems like a 10-year vet, he, here's some guys that I think I would rather wait on and take a, a big impact rush player or even an Isaiah Simmons up top and then get my corner round two. So I think early round two, you're going to have guys like A.J. Terrell out of Clemson, possibly uh, Diggs out of Alabama, guy that can, can play the football and make some turnovers. Jeff Gladney is my guy out of TCU. I'd love to see him here. He's just gritty. He's had He has an injury right now, but I think he's going to be a really good player at the next level. Um, you've got my guy, another great, one of the great names of the NFL draft, Igbenogany out of Auburn. Uh, this kid is a little raw, but I think he can develop. And then he got uh, Dantzler as well from, I think he's from Mississippi State, I believe. Those are some names that I would like in that second, third round range. The Lions really do need to fill that that hole. Now, if you're putting Trufant where Slay was, who's going to play on that other side? Any corners you really like in those top three rounds? Other, you know, either some of the names I mentioned or someone else. Yeah, so you you mentioned AJ Terrell. I think that would be a slam dunk. Uh, he'd be able to be a day one starter. But what do you the, like the, about Terrell, really quick? Because I I've been split on him. I, I think he's good in man coverage, but I think it would fit well um, with what the Lions try to do. Uh, you know, I like his obviously physicality and and what his athleticism brings. But, but yeah, I think he he'd be a good one. But I, there's a okay. name actually that that I like more. And he's the other Ohio State corner that no one's really talking about, Damon Arnett. Oh, perfect, um, yeah. Actually have him player comped to Darius Slay. So it would be a perfect fit to slide him in there. I think he starts right off the bat, day one, super physical. He's great in man technique. Um, love what he did over his college career. I mean, he took a little longer to, I should say, don't love what he did his entire college career. He took a little longer to become that true starter. But last season, he was phenomenal. So that was kind of the knocks on him, why he's fallen to like the second a round or so is because of that but you know what he did in his last season is what he will bring I think to an NFL team and what he'll be able to do with the Lions and I think he'd be a great fit there if you want to wait to the third round use one of those two third round picks that you guys have um Jalen Johnson out of Utah another physical guy in coverage um Utah you know has had great defenses over the years with Kyle Whittingham as the coach and I think uh, he could bring something good and then another guy that I watched a lot you know covering at LAFB Network is uh Darnay Holmes out of UCLA uh, corner, not a lot of people know about, but he's getting mocked in the third round right now. And, you know, he's probably, he was the kind of face the defense for a, a, uh, not very good UCLA defensive unit. Um, but he did have a very good season and, and put up some good numbers. So he's another guy they could get later if they wanted to wait till maybe that second, third round pick. Um, but I think if you can get Damon Arnett in the second round, that's a slam dunk. Ryan, this is why I'm so glad I had you on Believe in Lions right here on the Believe Podcast Network because Arnett is my guy. He's been sliding down to round three, actually, in a lot of mocks I've been doing. And so I was like, uh, you know, at first I didn't like him when he was getting, you know, late first, early second type uh, contention. And then when he slid down, I'm like, let me go get another look at this kid again. And I love some of the things he brings to the table. He was out there hitting people, making plays on the football. Like you say, kind of that uh, comes from the big program, which I always like if I can get it. So that was a great name. 
game you broke out and then Darnay Holmes <laughs> he's a he's a little bit farther down my list but like you said I feel like that kid has some swag he has some physical ability been inconsistent at times and has has some concerns where you know will he be one of those guys that because he has these different abilities comes and shines at the NFL level or because He's had somewhat of an inconsistent career at the college level. Will he not uh, flourish, you know, when he gets on the bright, uh, bigger stage? So, but he's definitely a guy I've liked all throughout the process when I've read about him and, and stuff like that. So great, great stuff from you there. Hey, Ryan, how about we take a quick break and we come back and I want to get your thoughts on wide receiver depth, uh, kind of where you sit with that. And uh, I also think you got some sneaky sleepers that you'd want to tell the people about so you cool with that we'll take a quick break we'll come right back and finish this thing out sounds great everybody hang tight we'll be right back Hey everyone, I want to take a quick second here, just remind you, hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Uh, Please do that, really helps us out here on Believe in Lions, as well as if you could leave us a five-star review, we really appreciate that as well. Again, for those of you that are new listeners, you can check us out on TuneIn, Luminary, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and definitely hit us up on iTunes and all other podcast platforms. So really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's always fun talking Detroit Lions. Now, let's get back to the show. Everybody, we're back from the break. Uh, Ryan Dirud here on the show. He is the uh, top guy over there at LA Football Network, the LAFB. He's been uh, kind enough to join us. Uh, Real fun talking draft. He brought out some great names there in our first uh, segment. And I know he's got more good content, so let's get right to it. Ryan, wide receiver depth in this draft is crazy. I I don't know that I've ever seen a wide receiver draft like this. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that go early, but there's also going to be a lot of guys that get pushed down because of the crazy depth. To me, the sweet spot is rounds three, four, maybe even to to that fifth round where he can wait, especially a team like the Detroit Lions who have their top three receivers, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, old man Danny Amendola in the slot, and they just brought in Geronimo Allison from the Packers as well. And they took uh, Travis Fulgham last year, who's a guy I really like, even though he showed a lot in kind of in the preseason ops he got, but didn't get any um, reps during the season. I'm not really sure where he falls on the spectrum at this point. So with all that being said, what do you think about the depth? Is it something you're willing to wait on? What are some players you really like round projections? Just, just dive into receivers a little bit for me. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it already. This, this draft is insane. The depth at receiver, um, and receiver is one of my favorite positions. I actually played it in high school. So I love, uh, you know, breaking it down and looking at what some of these guys can bring. And I think when you look at this draft class, the biggest thing for me, if I was a GM is there's no need to reach for a receiver because you're going to get high quality starting talent in that third and fourth round. So for the team, like the lions who have great needs at corner, you mentioned who maybe are looking, running back, looking at the defensive line, they really need an edge rusher after losing canard. Um, those I, I would address all of those first before even looking at the receiver position because you're going to get someone so good in those later rounds. Um, that being said, my top receiver, and I know it's it's not on anyone else's top, but I just I I know I'm going to sound like a homer here being in LA, but I just love what he did as a three year, uh, you know, captain did some special teams early, and then his you know he was a Bolitnikov finalist. 
Um, Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy that I absolutely love, and I think the Lions can get him if they want it in the third round. And to me, I think he, in my opinion, is going to have the most productive rookie season. May not have the most productive NFL career long term as a guy like Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, but but I think he will have the most productive rookie season just because of the productivity he displayed at USC and that style of offense and what he can bring to a team. And you can get him in the third round. I actually had him mocked to the Lions with their second, third round pick. So if you can get it like that later after drafting three other guys addressing area of need, that'd be great. Um, obviously, there's tons of other receivers. Uh, if you want to list names, you know, Brandon Ayuk out of uh, Arizona State's one. Um, there, there's a ton. Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame that you can get in those mid-rounds. So uh, it's such an awesome position. It's it's such a good depth one in this in this draft. And so I think it's just important not to reach for it and just let whoever falls, falls, and address your other needs. I know a lot of a lot of draft people are, are best player available. That's their mentality. Some guys are fill a position of needs. Um, I think they can work both ways. When you look at receiver, just let the let let them fall to you when when you're ready to take one, but don't reach for one. Everybody, we did no pre-prep before the show, but I think Ryan is reading off my uh, notes here, read my mind, because uh, Pittman is a guy I had highlighted in yellow marker, red pen, whatever you want to call it, as a guy to talk about, and uh, I'm trying to figure this guy out, because I don't know, Ryan, if you do mock drafts kind of on the Draft Network or another website, but he started out the process coming, you could get him in the fifth, you could really wait on this guy till later, you know, there was some buzz around him. He's performed pretty well throughout the process, you know, uh, whatnot. You you brought up his college days. I think isn't one of the hits on him. Like, I, I felt like he didn't have, uh, you know, kind of the production you would expect other than I think he blew up in one of his years and then sort of had a couple where the expectations were higher than he actually performed. But, I mean, I like what he brings. I just – I'm right with you of if he falls there 85 – and the Lions have addressed needs, maybe traded down and picked up some more draft assets. Like he's a guy I like. And the big thing I didn't bring up off the top is so when I say the Lions are set, they're set now. They have no mm-hmm. one under contract for 2021. 20, uh, uh, everyone just assumes that we're going to pay Kenny Galladay big money and he's just going to sign on the dotted line. I think that's sometimes a little harder, you know, said than done, you know, with trying to work out something with a, a player of, what he's proven, you know, at this point, but everybody's writing him in his ink as a lion for the next, however long. I hope that happens. Kenny Galladay has been my guy basically since right after they drafted him and he's really produced and, and made that a, a good prediction by me based on what he'd do at the NFL level, but they need some young talent. So you brought up Pittman. I like where you slotted him. A couple of their names I wrote down and, and have kind of in my brain is I think in the second round, like LaVisca Chenault's going to fall to the second round. Now I don't really want to spend pick 35 on him, but I mean, if the Lions are dead set on needing another impact pass catcher that that's a guy that i think has talent he has some injury issues now and has sort of not done well throughout the process sort of falling down but he's a pretty nasty football player catch run do it all Ayuk, you brought up when i saw him at the combine i just thought this guy looks like a pro i just feel like he could be a really good player for some team there in the second third round there's been a lot of buzz about kj hamler possibly uh being a target of the lions they've met and interviewed with him he's a uh believe he's a sophomore so he's he's a younger guy he obviously has that that speed and ability to go up over the top which is what the Lions, in my opinion are really missing right now they've got you know the kenny and the marvins who can catch and and run a little bit but they don't have anybody that can blow by you 
and score big time touchdowns, except for the guy Marvin Hall that showed up last year out of nowhere. And uh, but all he did was catch 50 yard passes, and he only had maybe seven of them all season, somewhere in that range. Uh, uh, T. Higgins is a really smooth player. I like. I could see him falling into that second round range. So second's not where I want the Lions to take one, but I think those are some of the names I thought of when you're getting in the third round. Is where I had Pittman as well. Um, you know, I. Yeah. I, I think he could be good. I'm, I'm just a little torn on him, as you could hear. Um, let me see who else I had here. Rounds four, you know, K.J. Here's Hill. Here's your thoughts, Derek. Here, what? I'll jump. Sorry to yeah, cut you off. On. I'm just curious. Your thoughts. This is your show, so I don't want to take over hosting. <laughs> no, but, no. Uh, say say the Lions do trade, because I, I, I just talked about how I don't want to, you know, reach for a receiver, because there's so many good ones, and I can talk about Michael Pittman more if you'd like. But But first, say the Lions do trade back from three. And I, I don't think you need to take a receiver in the first round, but if you trade back, so you get more picks and they trade back to maybe Carolina or so, I might be eighth spot. How's a guy like Henry Ruggs look to you? Who's that got that blow away breakaway speed that adds a different set of versatility to your receiver room. Is that a guy that you would want that early or would you prefer to wait to the third or fourth round? Uh, that's a good question, Ryan. There's some people I, uh, battle it out on Twitter at Derek Oakry on Twitter, everybody uh, who are like trying to sell me on Henry Ruggs for a long time now. And uh, they're talking about if we trade in the middle part of that round, you know, with the Raiders or with the Jacksonville Jaguars and he's still there, would we take him? My answer is still no. Like, when I saw the Henry Ruggs basketball video, I jumped out of my chair and I thought this guy's ridiculous. But um, I'm kind of with you sort of like on that running back. You got to be an electric special one of a kind talent for me to take you, you know, in the first top of the first round, even the middle of the first round, you know, if I'm picking towards the bottom is kind of where I feel like a lot of those receivers go. So Henry Ruggs to me is not really a player that is anywhere on my radar that I'm thinking like, even if I trade back, then he's, I'm looking at him, but he'd be a really fun pick, you know, when it comes to fantasy football fans and just, putting that excitement on the field, but the Lions have went down that route. I mean, how many receivers have we taken early? How many offensive skill (laughs) weapons have we given Matt Stafford? Like go build a real football team with a good defense, nasty football players, a good offensive line, good D line. And then we already got enough skill guys to get by. So yeah, no, that's a big no on Henry Ruggs for me. God. Yeah. I agree with you there, but yeah, that makes total sense. So yeah, uh, Tyler Johnson was my only other guy I wanted to mention rounds. Uh, I put him in rounds four plus, but I've seen him definitely five, even six in mocks. I think five is hopefully where he would go. He had a lot of production, really good ball player there at Minnesota. He's not going to wow you with his speed or other abilities, but Tyler Johnson, if I had my perfect scenario, would would be my guy in the fifth round. Lions picking at one six seven. Give me Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. I'd love that. Yeah, he's a great player. And he's that guy, too, that you can kind of just, like, draft him, but not like those top guys we mentioned where people are going to expect stuff right away. You could draft Tyler Johnson, learn him, or, say, go under the learning tree of Danny Amendola, and then in 2021, he's kind of that either that number two or that uh, slot move him around type of guy. And that's what the Lions need to do is take their current roster and draft players that they can kind of intermingle. So I think that's really important. Ryan, we're, we're getting towards the end of the show. We really appreciate your time. You've been uh, very generous with that. I, I know you got some sleepers. I know you got some aces in the hole, some people in your back pocket that you're either looking at with some of the LA teams or, you know, some of the needs we've talked about with the Lions. You probably got a couple names on your radar that you're like, hey, most people probably either aren't thinking about this guy or don't have them on their top of their radar. Who, who are some sleepers that you might have there with the LAFB? 
yeah, Derek. So you know, sleepers are where you where you win the draft. I think you, it sometimes takes a few <laughs> years to articulate, but what, what the guys you can find late that end up having high impact are where your your championships are won or lack thereof for uh, for our teams, I guess. But uh, I, I actually looked at a few based on the Lions' needs. I think they would fit good. They could get super late, maybe even undrafted. But I look at first at the corner position. Say they don't get one of the early guys, which I think they will. But if they don't, there's a guy named Jordan Reed out of Penn State. Um, he's just a baller, ball hawk, you know, huge production there, 125 career tackles, seven interceptions. Um, he played mostly cover three, which I know you want a man guy uh, out there in Detroit. But of the 97 snaps he played in man, he only allowed six receptions for 58 yards. And he had one pick and forced five incompletions. So, I mean, I think he can certainly play well in man. I think just the, what they did there at Penn State didn't necessarily showcase that, which is why I think he may fall a little bit, being a primarily cover three or quarters uh, guy. But uh, he certainly has the talent and the skill to do it, and it would be a great late round or even uh, undrafted free agent signing uh, for Detroit. So another one I looked at, obviously you guys need pass rushers. Here's a defensive end out of Tulsa named Travis Gibson. Um, you know, PFF rated him an 89.7 pass rushing grade. So really high there, uh, finished last year with 49 tackles, 15 of those for loss and eight sacks. So had great production at the collegiate level. Um, and a guy that you could come in and, and not necessarily be a superstar asked to do a whole lot, kind of how you talked about with some of the receivers being able to just, you know, be under the learning tree, um, but could still put up decent numbers. So I think he could come in and he's a guy that would be a rotational, maybe just a third down guy could still get you, you know, four to six sacks in his rookie year. So a, a guy like that, I think can kind of grow and blossom into a, uh, a true starter because he does have a really good uh, pass rushing skill set and just needs to develop a few more pass rushing moves, but definitely has talent there. And then the last guy I looked at, you know, you maybe want to beef up the offensive line, needs some interior. I know you mentioned tackles earlier, but maybe beef up the interior as well. And there's a guard out of Ohio State named Jonah Jackson. Um, not as well known, but obviously anybody that plays offensive line in the Big Ten, I think is worth looking at, and especially at a, a program like Ohio State. And uh, just one little stat for you. in uh, At the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, he won 58% of his reps in one-on-ones, um, and that was splitting time between all three interior positions, so right, left guard, and center. So the, the versatility is there. If you need to plug him in, obviously you guys just lost a guy, you know, Graham Glasgow, who's a big loss, I think, for you. Um, so you're going to be looking to kind of fill that and not saying he's going to be your day one starter, but a guy that can have that versatility if injuries come, that can play all three positions and uh, was very productive and did some good things last year at Ohio State. So those are kind of three guys that I think would fill needs that you could get for really on the cheap, whether it's free agent signings or late, late in the draft and uh, could actually be very valuable uh, day one players. Good stuff there. Those uh, first two names you mentioned are not guys that are really have been on my radar. I've heard a bit about the kid from Tulsa, but I can't say I put my eyes on him too much in regards to, um, you know, pulling up his tape or kind of diving into him too much. But I have heard some late buzz about him. But the uh, the corner I had not heard of. So everybody out there, keep your uh, eyes and ears on that name. That was a good name from Ryan. I want to take a quick second before we finish up here and talk about Jonah Jackson because you brought him up. Um, this is a guy I've really started to like later in the process, but you say you called him a sleeper. You're late guy. I know the draft network loves this guy. They have him 57 overall. He's a guy that I think in a recent mock I had to take in the, uh, second, I want to say, yeah, I think it was with pick 35 in order to get him. I I've heard a lot about him. He seems to be a plug and play guard. Um, you know, not not a uh, bodybuilder by any means, but a guy that can just get it done. He uh, 6'4", 310 pounds, played in the Big Ten. He's our third interior type uh, player. And, 
you know, that's the biggest need the Lions have been considered is like, hey, who's going to play the right guard position right now? Where I'm a proponent of like, hey, if you're going to go cheap, uh, both financially and with draft assets, the interior positions are where you can do that and get away with it. So I'm not a huge proponent of taking an early guard, but Cesar Ruiz has been a, a guy that everybody knows and, and is a second round type talent. Everybody's touting him as, you know, if I don't want to spend an asset on him, I would like Jonah Jackson, but you 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 deemed him a sleeper. I think he's still going to probably go in those top three you know, th- top three rounds. If he slips to round four, I think that's going to be kind of tremendous value. Where, where do you where do you put him in the mix? Yeah, so you, you have definitely seen the rise and seeing him go in you know mocks in the second. I personally still have him graded in that lower you know back end after the fourth round, and I think you get tremendous value there. Does he fall that far? We'll see. I mean, you mentioned different mocks having him go in the second round, you know, 49 overall, but I, I still have guys like Matt Hennessy and stuff above him. So I think personally, I just think he's one of those guys that is rising among draft Knicks, but maybe not rising as much in actual NFL circles, but you know, time will tell, but if you can get this guy in the fourth round, I think that's huge, tremendous value. But if he, if he goes earlier than that, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't think it's a bad move. Um, I just don't think he's as highly touted maybe as some of the quote unquote ja- draft analysts are, are pertaining to, but Hey, anything can happen. Yeah, that's the crazy part about the draft is like we've named off so many players today and I swear every draft that comes through my team and a bunch of other, you know, teams across the league are taking people that were never talked about in the process in that round or were never thought of for that team. It gets crazy on draft night. So, Ryan, thank you so much for talking draft. I want to give you a a little bit here at the end of the show to, again, kind of where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, again, throw your website out there, let people know what they're doing. Cause I, I know you're focused on those LA teams, but I know we got some people in Detroit based on what you said today. They would love to check you out and support what you're doing. Yeah, man. We'll appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been a blast. Always love talking any football I can, but yeah, you can find me. I'm on Twitter, uh, at Ryan Dirud, LAFB. Um, the website is lafbnetwork.com. Obviously the podcast believe in LA football. So we just cover all the LA football teams, including college, including the XFL. Um, and just try to give uh, as much content for a, a market out here that I don't think does enough for their football teams as it is kind of a Dodger and Laker town. So we're trying to change that a little bit, but, hmm. uh, but yeah, man, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Absolutely. Ryan. Well, thank you so much, everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening to believe in lions. That's spelled B L E A V. We'll be back next week. Talking all things, Detroit lions, only a week or two away from the NFL draft. You know, we'll have all types of content for you right here. on believe in lions. Take care, everybody. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.